for some ancient cultures, it's a healing technique. Modern advocates claim it can do everything from cure depression to whiten your teeth. Denver 7's Ivan Rodriguez spoke with a group in Boulder who says their lives were changed after starting this therapy. You're staying present in your body. Inside the quiet of his home, Brother Sage finds peace. Take a deep breath in and release on the exhale. He says his life improved 25 years ago after changing the emotional, mental, spiritual, and physical. Breathing in the new creation from the creator itself. He's since written books on his findings and helps others lead a healthy lifestyle. As you can see, this is my diet. I eat a lot of fruit, papayas and mangoes and oranges and pears. With one crucial drink that cannot be skipped. You discover what this really is, is ultra-filtered blood plasma. Or urine. Ah, two hours ago, good year. So when we take in this water, we honor it. We, uh, some people say a little prayer or something, uh, just to acknowledge that something's about to shift in their body and in their mind. Through urine therapy, Brother Sage will cleanse his eyes. Open your eye, blink a couple times. And rinse out his nose. Not really rocket science. Dr. James Wilk at UC Health says drinking pee could make you sick especially drinking someone else's. It's uh, entirely possible to get chlamydia or gonorrhea of your mouth from drinking somebody's urine if they have those particular diseases. You don't know what kind of drugs are in their urine. That uh, can pose some risks. And you don't know what kind of infections they have in there. Brother Sage isn't alone. About once a week at the Boulder Public Library, oh. the Urine Therapy Group of Colorado will meet so members can talk about their experiences. If you have stomach ache, well, um, you drink that, it goes away. We'd like to challenge, actually, the scientific community. Those people who recognize it are not going to stop it. They're, this has not a been there, done that therapy. It's the people who are called to it are with it the rest of their life. An ancient Eastern culture tradition. This is my manual for teaching people. In Boulder, Colorado, Ivan Rodriguez, Denver 7. Episode 102, <laughs> the 102nd episode. The 102nd installment. Of the Left Unread podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, how you doing? Not too bad. Uh, my name is Evan, and uh, the uh, the nice sultry tones you heard at the beginning of the, uh, mm-hmm. uh, right here at the start was Cameron. Yeah, man, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been described as lots of things, but sultry is not... Voluptuous. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, there's... there's... <laughs> There's more me to love, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
so yeah we are yeah. back uh and yep do you was there anything that you wanted to kick us off by talking about because um, i've got so want... i've got an episode i've got an episode yeah, prepared yeah. i know i mentioned in the last episode that i had something fun in the works yeah and i didn't spoil what it was but um yeah so this is this is there's an episode today a fully written yeah episode but before yeah. we dive in was there anything you wanted to all right do you want to do a little can check I don't have it. I'm drinking. I've been drinking. I'm on. I'm on my my water swag, dude. Okay. All right. Yeah. What are you yeah, drinking? Yeah. So so I went to Aldi. So uh, I uh, I live on the south coast of Massachusetts, which is a Waterloo Seltzer uh, desert. I mean, there's nary a can in sight around me. <laughs> uh, but I went to uh, my local Aldi grocer, and they had one box. They had four boxes of Waterloo. Oh wow. One was the orange vanilla. Not bad. I've had it. I like it a lot. Okay. So I bought that one box, and then there are three boxes of um, lemon lime. So Their lemon lime is solid. It's nothing exciting, but it's good. It's a it's a quality working man seltzer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So I bought a box of that. Nice. Yeah. When you say box, are these the eight packs? Yeah. No, you can't get twelve packs around. Dude, here. zero twelve packs. But I'm, I have access <laughs> to twelve packs of Lou, and it is yeah. Yeah, Whole Foods. Great. Yeah, because you go Whole, Whole Foods. Whole Foods has them, yeah. and I can also order them from GoPuff. Yeah, I don't know what GoPuff is. Um, it's like a delivery. It's for fat asses who like want <laughs> convenience store shit without going to Seven Eleven. I Seven. I usually just you can order Seven Eleven. I've done that. If I'm yeah, like you really can do that too. Yeah. If I'm like really fucking hungover and this I is, need, it's a convenience need, store like, a chain that that yeah. has no brick and mortar locations. They they uh, just have. Their oh, own. it's a ghost. It's a ghost. Uh, yeah, yeah. A yeah, ghost convenience. Yeah. You actually, I think you can't. They do obviously have warehouses, and you can go pick yeah. shit up there, but you can't like walk through and shop. I don't think. Oh, I figured it was like you know, like a ghost kitchen. It's those fake kitchens that operate oh, yeah. out of real restaurants. I figured yeah. it was that with like where it just will go to a convenience store. No, no, no. Shit. They have their own. It's they have their own warehouses and their own locations. Okay. But whatever. They're not paying us. I'm not going to describe. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Fuck, fuck that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so I'm drinking um, this nice orange vanilla water. Nice, enjoying dude. it. Orange vanilla is a flavor that I theoretically enjoy because I love an orange creamsicle. Yeah. But I have never loved it in a beverage. That's crazy. I guess, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's fine. I've had the orange well, about like water. orange soda and vanilla ice cream? That sounds fine. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that I would probably yeah. like, like a, like a vanilla ice cream float in an orange or, soda. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Or an good. orange vanilla milkshake of some kind. No, there's a cherry vanilla seltzer at Wegmans that I like. Yeah, the so Wegmans. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it I don't know what my problem is. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not you know. knocking it. I just it's just never it's never been my never been my vibe. Yeah. Um Well, yeah, fuck yeah, man. I'm glad you found some Waterloo's. That's awesome. Mhm. Yeah. Cuz it's good. Waterloo's good. Yeah. I feel like Waterloo Unless they turn out to be like Nazis, but if they called up and offered me some money, I would I would push hard to take Waterloo money. Yeah, I would take a little. I would I would take a little Lou bucks. Yeah, some Lou bucks. <laughs> yeah, Fuck, even if they just sent us free seltzer, that would be yeah. a legitimate financial burden lifted. Yeah, true. No. Um, do you want to dive in? Yeah, let's fucking do it, dude. All right, so I for you, listener, for you, sweet yeah. listeners, I have plumbed the depths. <laughs> I have I have ventured into the heart of darkness, and I have yeah. seen uh, the core, the 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 murky yellow core at the center, 
and uh, I have sampled its aromas and tasted of its piquant flavors, mm-hmm. and I have come back to bring you sacred and profane knowledge yeah. uh, from a world that hopefully <laughs> none or few of you have ever encountered. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, I mean, I, I I very lately dabbled in some videos before this, and even I, I was shocked. Even I was shocked. Yeah, yeah. By, by the nature of what the I nature witnessed. Of the beast. Yeah. So today, folks, and this is uh, uh, an idea that I've had kicking around in my head for a little while. Yeah. But um, kind of, oh. it came to fruition a couple weeks ago. I ran it by Evan, and he was like, "Dude, yeah, absolutely, do it." So, um, wait, can can I interrupt you for one second? I, of course. I, I forgot. I want to mention this. Did you see that uh, Snoop Dogg has quit smoking? Put out a- press release well eh, i'm not sure if he's quit smoking he says after much consideration and conversation with my family i've decided to give up smoke yeah like as a concept is it like what so like was he gonna drop an edibles brand with martha stewart or some shit you know what i mean it's probably gonna it sounded you're totally right it sounded very targeted <laughs> i will say however he, i had some fucking for serious momentum going and you yeah. like at the worst possible time <laughs> you were just like oh by the way hey really quick just before you did you hear about snoop dogg yeah, do you think it's kind of funny the way he worded that? Where he was like, oh, I've given up smoke. What about edibles with Martha Stewart? You ever think about that? Yeah. So, yes, good. <laughs> I have. I did think. I did see yeah. that, yes. All right. Pretty funny, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yep. It was, pre- hey, it was pretty funny, man. Yep. Um, yep. Our, All right, sh- so where were you? Shout outs to Snoop. I yep. love Snoop Dogg. He's one of the few celebrities that I follow on Instagram. He's the fucking yeah. man. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so this episode, we're going to talk about piss drinkers. We're talking about people, people that drink piss. And that's not a joke. You might think, oh, wow, that sounds like a, nope, that's what the episode's about. I saw, I literally just like maybe 15 minutes ago, saw, watched the video of a man chug an entire mason jar full of piss. I had, and then swish it around in between his teeth Mm -hmm. and then, uh, uh, you know, slug it down and just go. Ah. Yeah, no, people are people are. This is true, folks. Yeah. And so, then, I, and then I watched another video of a young man who had very old-looking piss, mm-hmm. and he's sitting there drinking. Six months it. old. Yeah, and he takes a sip and he's like, "It's it's very smooth." And meanwhile, he has this look on his face like it's about to come back up. Yeah, and he's just like, yeah, "He's like, really I could s- drink this whole thing if I wanted." And then, to. and then he takes another sip and like you can see him like forcing it down mm. like this little mm. sip. Yeah. yeah, it's like I don't think you could drink that whole thing. Hey there and welcome. Today we're drinking five to six months old aged urine. This was aged at a time where I'm not too sure. I think I might have been still eating salt or whatever, but I was intermittent fasting and fasting regularly. So let's uh, smell the taste of it first. It tastes, uh, it smells like strong ammonia. And the color of it is dark, dark brown. As you can see, it turned a lot, got a lot darker. And so let's try it. Yeah, cheers. So, when this is in the mouth, 
It's very, very smooth and silky, like uh, it's hard to explain. It's like it's not com you can't compare this to any type of water, distilled water, spring water, none of that. It's so just it's so smooth in the mouth and the taste of it there is not really a taste but it is a, it has a slight aftertaste it is slightly like pretzely like a pretzel kind of stench not strong as i would say like it's disgusting but you know i can just easily take another sip i could drink this whole thing at once but i'm not going to because this is my only can or bottle of five months to six months age urine so I I'm gonna savor this mm -hmm. I would even say that that this tastes better than uh, fresh fresh urine that is nasty fresh urine like salty and pretzely and stenchy fresh urine so this does taste very, very good. Yeah. Well, anyway, before we get too deep in the muck here and the mire, because no. all this, I had Evan watch some. There, man, I got sources. I got this yeah. may, oddly enough, this may be my most extensively sourced episode. Yeah, I did a, a good amount of research for this. But <laughs> disclaimer, before we dive in, uh, if you do any of the shit that I talk about in this episode, I will be so mad and disappointed with you uh i really cannot express clear enough in clear enough terms uh that i really 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 do not want anyone listening to this to drink your own piss or mm -hmm. to do any of the other kind of pseudo therapeutic things that i will discuss in this Rubbing episode piss on your face for acne any kind of enema any just just if I mention a thing in this episode that people do, even if I lo laugh and joke about it and say, ah, we should do this. Yeah, don't do it, okay? I'm you just going to put it out there. And this bush. isn't because I'm worried about like legal reprisals or anything. I would just be really disappointed to learn that anyone that listens to my show yeah. came away from this uh, and drank their own piss, okay? So just fucking don't do it, please. And if you already yeah. do do it... I hope that by the end of this, you see what an absolute you'll, you'll look at you'll look at your aged urine piss jugs just to the side of your desk, and at the very least, and, just and acknowledge. You'll go, yeah, I just you'll want go. honesty. I just want you to acknowledge yeah. why you do it. Perhaps you'll dump out a couple of them. But anyhow, let's uh, let's start the show. Yeah, let's let's piss it up. So now that that disclaimer's out of the way, what's up, my fellow piss drinkers? How's it going, Shut Evan? Up. What's the last yeah, time? When, when, when's the last time you had a fresh hot cup of piss? Hell yeah, brother. Me too. Got a nice, got a nice warm one here. <laughs> um. So by now, <laughs> so by now, listeners of this podcast are probably aware uh, that I get a kick out of weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's um, pretty. We talked a little bit, <laughs> probably a little too much, <laughs> about my enduring relationship to the infamous uh, cake farts video, which Although, serves I, as... I, actually on the on the on the official version that made it to our listeners ears, there's very oh, little we cut cake a lot. Fart. Yeah, we cut a oh, lot. We cut we cut 99% of the cake farts. Yeah, there farts was a stuff. lot of cake farts. You, you you briefly mentioned it in the released version. Yeah. 
It was That's like true. twenty minutes. We, yeah, we did. We recorded like half of an episode's worth of material just me talking about cake parts, <laughs> which I trimmed down substantially. So to about thirty like seconds. A, if you felt like it was a lot, then yeah. Um, and that's so that's just a good example of like the sort of niche uh, content that I find mm-hmm. especially interesting and funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I've said before, this interest is purely academic. Wink, wink. Um, I'm I'm a pretty boring guy personally, but I have always been fascinated by the odd and inexplicable shit that that people do. Uh, especially in recent years, there's been this sort of massive public surge in the acceptance of alternative air quotes here, heavy air quotes, uh, medicinal practices that I have become particularly interested in. Um, things like, and we've mentioned some of this on the show, uh, consumption of colloidal silver, which turns mm-hmm. you blue, uh, sunning your butthole, which is nature's battery. Um, yeah. Heck, even straight up drinking bleach. These things have all had their moments of relative popularity, particularly Plus, with the rise of the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, and then and then you have like the Brian's Johnson uh, one of which, known as Liver King, uh, who is going <laughs> dwarf mode, and then a different Brian Johnson, who's the uh, the billionaire, who injects his teenage son's blood into him and uh, quarter, right. and and claims to take estrogen at sub feminizing levels. Although if you look at pictures of him ten years ago and pictures now, I'm just gonna say doubt. Those are definitely feminizing levels. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got you've I got the liver. I know who both of the guys you're talking yeah. about. I didn't realize that they were both named Brian Johnson. Yeah. Uh, so Brian Johnson, the the blood estrogen guy, is going elf mode. <laughs> yeah. And Brian Johnson, Liver King, is going dwarf mode. And all we uh, need now is a Brian Johnson to go Aragorn, son of Arathorn mode. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Because, but really, no, no. We we need a Brian Johnson to go orc mode. Really, no man, no man, <laughs> no man can achieve the heights of the House of Elisar and yeah. the uh, the Numenorians. Because yeah. I mean, that's they're the best, the best of what we wish we could be. Yeah, no, but seriously, if you don't know who the the billionaire who injects his yeah, he wants blood to is. be young. He does all these weird yeah. treatments. And oh, he he's le- he recently he looks like something. a vampire. Dude, he looks fucked up. Haggard. But he recently uh, he recently re- uh, released something saying that he's. Uh, de-aged his penis by 15 years. <laughs> it's like, I'm curious, like, what My happens if he gets My penis is now up- the size of a seven-year-old's. <laughs> 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 Meaning I've had to halt all self-sucking just because yeah. the optics are bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this dude, he's fucking, uh, honestly, maybe more insane than Liver King, which is really Well, Liver something. King, so you know how Liver King, like, I mean, gave, Liver King looks like steroids, he's, he's, like, six months ago? Yeah. Well, he is. He's it, back on them. He, he not, and I don't mean like I'm. This, he came out and he was like, "Yeah, I hated it. It was so bad being off roids. I'm back yeah. on the roids." He's like, "If anything, I'm doing more now." And he looks huge. He looks fucking gigantic, dude. He's gigantic. His face. Oh wait, so he's like 45 years old. Yeah. His face looks like he's like 65. I know. But then, oh, yeah, like, his heart's he, gonna explode. Oh, dude. Yeah, of course it is. Dude, are you kidding me? <laughs> you see the fucking veins pulsating on his chest, yeah. like. Yeah. But it's it's it's. It's better to, what is it? It's better to die young than fade away. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> better to burn out than fade away. What the fuck am I talking about? It's yeah, better so to not die burn young. out. Now, Die um, Young is a, is a Black Sabbath song with you. Die Young. Die Young, Die Young, Die Young. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Is that from, um, is that from uh, Heaven and Hell? Heaven and Hell. Yeah. Um, so, anyway. 
So anyway, yeah, with with the rise of COVID nineteen uh, and the sort of like ongoing debate over like whether that disease is real. Uh, <laughs> spoiler: it is real. Um, there was this rise in just weird alternative medical practices, and I couldn't help but uh, but be interested. No. And so while I have elected to approach that global pandemic by trusting in modern science and medicine, uh, many have, altern- have turned to alternative means as an attempt to combat the illness. And so some pretty fringe practices got a lot more mainstream attention than I think they should be getting or, or maybe have ever received before. And one such practice that I have long been enamored of has been the willing consumption of urine by folks hoping to achieve, we'll find out. That's what I did all this research for. No. So these folks, as I lovingly call them, the piss drinkers, and I do refer to these people fairly often. Um, When I was down in Nicaragua, for example, uh, we stayed on a cacao plantation. Record scratch, uh, editorial note here, Um, it wasn't a cacao plantation okay just in case any of you were listening it was a an ethical and biodynamic uh small-scale cacao farming operation um which works really hard to like ethically source and promote the ethical sourcing of cacao um i've been thinking about doing an episode about that for a long time um but yeah i wasn't staying on like some fucking (laughs) big hershey's like slave labor cacao plantation it was it was a really cool spot um anyway i digress back to the show um and i one of the first things i said when i walked in with my two friends and i said i know that there's at least a few piss drinkers here it was a vibe you could just tell a lot of fucking i saw so many like penises that i didn't plan to see within the first 10 minutes of getting there just naked people and I know there's some piss getting drank. Yeah. And you know who I'm talking about, folks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, just, yeah. COVID, I think, being locked in your own house and shit like that really broke some brains. Yeah, a lot of people that were already kind of seekers, let's say, uh, they found something. And yeah, it they, was, saw, they, they saw it and found, yeah. It was dark. It was dark. It was dark uh, so here's and, the thing. I and turns clarify. brown with age. I want to clarify that we're not going to spend any time, uh, you, just in case there's any confusion because I mentioned cake farts, we're not going to spend any time talking about people that uh, drink piss for kinky jollies. purposes, or at least for yeah. openly kinky purposes. A, you know, we're not a kink-shaming show, uh, but also I B... I, I kink-shame. Um, I definitely do that. <laughs> but here's the, thing. here's the thing about those folks, and I stand by this. I have way more respect for people that are just into water sports and piss play. Not that I like it, but I at least respect that they are willing to just call it what it is and say, I don't know, man. I just like it. And like, that's the, the, the kind pervert of honest... you can understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Do it's I think the people it's drinking up? it while. Yeah. It's yeah. the people that drink it and. The all kinds of looks go on on their face, and they're claiming it's purely for for health benefits. Yeah, that's I don't that's like a pervert it. that I can't. I think it's I can't abide. I think that yeah. a lot of the people that we're talking about here, a lot of them are secretly members of that group, yeah. but because they are ashamed or refuse to acknowledge this about themselves, they've come up with all these other conclusions and then worse than that they try to convince other people to do it who might be susceptible to that sort of coercion um and all of this just to kind of justify hey man if you like drinking piss you like drinking piss just don't don't try to convince me that it's because it's good for you right 
If you well, like anyway. to get your jollies off, get your jollies off. Just don't fucking talk about it like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's these medical, it's these don't medical urine, quote unquote medical urine consumptioners that really uh, draw my attention. Um, and so while I can hardly claim any like supreme authority on people that consume their <clears throat> own bodily excrete. Um, I decided that it would be a fun little endeavor to kind of set out and create Mm -hmm. a sort of auditory outline of the history and current state of the practice. Mm -hmm. Uh, And again, I want to make it super clear. I don't think it's a good idea to drink your piss. Okay. And if you are going to drink piss, drink your own. Don't drink somebody else's. Well, okay. Evan, you're muddying the waters. Don't drink any piss. Don't. And here's the thing. I'm going to say this, folks. I watched a lot. A lot of information about this. A lot of firsthand accounts. I've heard all the quote-unquote science. Okay? okay, I've done the reading. Let, I've read the me. articles, and I remain firmly unconvinced of the benefits of drinking piss, whether it's your own or anyone else's, whether it's fresh or it's aged. Okay, save yourself the time and the energy. These people are fucking goose eggs. Okay, so Don't and do now it. if you think Cam didn't watch a lot of this. Let me put it to you like this. He he emailed me a number of links to watch, and he texted me, and he's saying, the last one's kind of long, so you can just skip around that one, but if you'll watch the other ones. And the first one I opened was 12 minutes, and I went, oh, he must have meant the first one. Okay. And then I scroll down, and I see, oh, the bottom one's 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a whole seminar. I didn't so watch like... that whole thing. I skipped around on that one. Yeah. But yeah, so this the, lady gives So that 12-minute whole... one, I probably watched a total of three minutes of it. It's just some guy for 12 minutes looking at... All hey, his Mary. different, his collection. All He's got a lot, lot all a lot, lot of jars, many, pit. many jars. And it's of in pits. those. It's in the. You would recognize it. The glass apple juice bottle. Uh, yeah. What company is that? That has like the little diamond shaped pattern around the neck. We've all seen it. Um, but he's, they're apple Welch's? juice bottles. Oh, no. I know it for sure. Is that Welch's? Um, no, they're not Welch's. Oh. Those are plastic. This is like okay. a natural, you know, fruit juice oh. company. Um, Dude, there's a lot of bottles. Yeah, it's a lot of bottles that are just filled. With <laughs> he's it. just like panning. And he's talking about the differences. Anyway, we'll talk more about him in a little. Yeah, bit. it's he's up, he's dude. that dude. You can hear the crazy yeah. in his voice. He doesn't show his own face. You yeah, can hear... the video's super quiet, so you have to like turn oh it way God. up to he listen sounds... to. And yeah, just the way he's talking, you can tell like this dude's rock fucking hard looking at his yeah. piss bu- jugs. Yeah. So anyway. Um, maybe this will be baffling maybe it'll be funny hopefully it's some combination of the two but the last thing it should be is convincing so um (laughs) without further ado i humbly welcome you all to episode 102 of the left on red podcast you're in trouble what is this sea flowing out of me it's pee My fatter all around my bladder. You gotta pee. Why is this urinal all full? It's full of pee. What's like water, except it's yellow and it's hotter? That's pee. If you drink enough, your pee will be clear. And if you gotta go, don't do it here We're having a real nice day Don't spoil it If you gotta go pee Do it in the toilet Drink some more water, young fellow 
you're dehydrated would pee a dark yellow. What is the sea flowing out of me? It's pee. Why am I fatter all around my bladder? You gotta pee. Why is this urinal all full? It's full of pee. What's like water, except it's yellow and it's hotter? That's pee. So first off, <clears throat> I'm not going to waste too much time here because this seems pretty obvious, but I felt like I should include it just because it really hits home to me why... It, this isn't something you should drink. Let's just briefly explain what urine is before we talk about why these sick freaks like to gargle it like Listerine. So according to the Encyclopedia Britannica, urine, liquid or semi-solid solution of metabolic mm -hmm. wastes and certain other often toxic substances that the excretory organs withdraw from the circulatory fluids and expel from the body. The composition of urine tends to mirror the water needs of the organism. Freshwater animals usually excrete very dilute urine. Marine animals tend to combat water loss to their salty environment by excreting concentrated urine. Some develop methods uh, actively to expel salts. Terrestrial animals, depending on their habitat, usually retain water and secrete a highly concentrated urine. That's us. We're terrestrial. So, so we're number one? We have the most concentrated? Uh, no. Well, terrestrial animals, as a yeah. general rule, have fairly concentrated urine. In most mammals, Who's number including... One? I don't know, man. Just can you can I finish? Okay, because I don't know who number one is, and you're asking me these questions like I like I'm not talking. I don't care about the science. Okay, we're I, gonna do the science part really fast. I'm in this to talk about the freaks. Because dogs got pretty fucked up, yeah. Oh yeah, dog piss is pretty <laughs> like fucked up. Dogs. No, I would I would guarantee you. Like, maybe, dude, you can smell that shit from us. Like, my, my guess is that because away. we have so altered our Ooh. access to clean, abundant water, at least where we live, um, I would guess that the concentration of human urine varies greatly depending on mm -hmm. where you are in the world and what group of people you are talking about. No. Um, but for you and I, ours is very dilute. Yeah, like ninety-five percent water. Is, yeah. is common in the developed world where there's access to clean water. Cat piss um, is also fucked. Yes. Cat piss is also <laughs> gross. Is there any other pee that you think is interesting that you want to talk about before we... Well, there was that one time I was a kid and I went to the zoo with my papa. Mm -hmm. And we went and we saw these two bowls. And one was just straight pissing. Yeah. And the other bowl was underneath him just lapping it up right out of the dick. Like, yeah. not even from the puddle. Yeah. He was just taking it right in the mouth, so... Okay, well, the last just... thing we need is, like, a, like <laughs> any sort of evidence that this exists in nature. So, <laughs> so urine analysis. Uh, 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 you know, it's common in Excellent. all bowls. Straight to jail. Uh, <laughs> so, in most mammals, including humans, the formation of urine begins in the nephrons, or the nephrons, of the kidneys by filtration of blood plasma uh, into the nephron. The fluid found within the nephron is essentially the same as blood plasma without the macromolecules, e.g. proteins. As the fluid passes along the nephron tube, water and useful plasma components such as amino acids, glucose, and other nutrients are reabsorbed into the bloodstream. Things that are useful. Keep this in mind. This is important. Anything that's useful is reabsorbed into the body while it's still in the body. Okay? Leaving a concentrated solution of waste material called final or bladder urine. It consists of water 
urea from amino acid metabolism, inorganic salts, creatinine, ammonia, and pigmented products of blood breakdown, one of which, urochrome, gives urine its typically yellowish color. In addition, any unusual substances for which there is no mechanism for reabsorption into the bloodstream remain in the urine. The products of nucleic acid breakdown are present as allantoin uh, in most mammals and as uric acid in man and, through a quirk of breeding, in the Dalmatian dog. So, <laughs> that's it. It's waste materials. Processed so, by the kidneys, uh, expelled through the urethra. Okay? That's just above your vagina if you're a woman. Yeah. And uh, it's, your, it's out of your penis if you're a person with a penis. I'm sorry. Not, a, not Listen. Listen to me using archaic, outdated language. If you're a person with a vulva. It's coming out of above that. And if you're a person with a penis, it's coming out of your penis. Yeah. Um, so at my last job, we used to, I used to have to do some like tests on wastewater and stuff yeah. uh, for like regulatory tests. And um, one of the uh, tests involved collecting sewage, wastewater. It was called a, um, uh, like an OECD 209 test. Given that it's been years now, so I can't remember <clears throat> the exact name of it. Um, Activated sludge respiration inhibition test. Yep. There it is, Azeret. And um, like uh, so we would have to make fake, uh, synthetic sewage solution, and like, dude, we would like buy like bottles of just like powder urea, and we would have to like make like fake piss, <laughs> and just like add it, <laughs> add it to this like big fucking like activated sludge solution to like increase like. Like respiration rates and shit like that to like help like the the nutrients within it like break down oxygen and shit like that. So you'd like measure the dissolved oxygen in it. Uh -huh. But dude, just like this shit smelled so fucking rough after like a week. Like you would keep it in the fridge, like the like synthetic piss jugs. And dude, like when you had to like pull it out and like dump it to get rid of it, dude, this shit was fucking prime. Like and this is created in a sterile lab environment. This is well, what this is one of this uh, this like. wasn't a sterile environment. We didn't. I guess use it didn't really need to be because it was just yeah. It was just piss. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is created by man. Yeah, the, the man made. Of yeah, man made piss. And yeah. again, this shouldn't have you like licking your chops at like the delicious <laughs> yeah. purity of actual. Fucking piss. breaking open a packet of urea. I know like it, like, <laughs> like it's a fucking uh, like it's a fucking ramen packet. You know what I mean? I know there's some urea powder. There's one of you out there, at least <laughs> listening right now, and I'm now I'm I'm addressing you directly. Yeah. Uh, who's already having some odd thoughts? Yes. Either you're the, already a piss drinker and now you're upset. Sweat on the brow, thinking or about you're, the Or you're packet. starting to think, God damn, I never really thought about that before. Oh, man, you can just uh, make your own piss? I'm talking to you right now. Cut it Stop. out. Stop. Don't. Cut it out. Get help. <laughs> I'm currently blinking in Morse code and saying, do it, do it, drink it. Yeah. I don't know if you can hear that. Um, so anyway, whatever. It's waste. It's 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 waste suspended in water, which your body has either already used or no longer needs. Uh, and yeah, okay, it is technically potable, okay, but so is Windex, and you don't drink but that. This is a potent potable. <laughs> it's <laughs> potent potables. Okay. So as I said in my introduction, the genesis for my interest in this topic is is a modern one. Uh, during the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic, with little else to occupy my time, I spent a lot of time, and Evan as well, uh, listening to podcasts, particularly uh, those that were focused on conspiracies surrounding the events that were unfolding. 
Now, again, I am not myself, uh, nor have I ever been some sort of crackpot COVID denier. Um, I've had it. It's no joke. It's still out there. Uh, I'm sure that this episode is, just because we mention it, I'm sure this episode will get that little Spotify COVID-19 <laughs> misinformation flag. So that's the only reason I'm saying any of this. Uh, cold and flu and COVID season is settling in. Uh, get shots, get boosted, whatever. If you're feeling sick, wear a mask. Treat people with respect. You, you might be uh, robust and healthy, but you never know who isn't and who deals with people that aren't. So don't be an asshole. Just try not to get people sick because you never know how big of a deal it is going to be for people. So just do the, do the fucking right thing, okay? And so if you've listened this far and if we do, in fact, end <clears throat> up with that little tag, it's out of the way. <clears throat> Anyway, I digress. So I was fascinated with these conspiracies in much the same way that I'm fascinated by Genghis Khan and the Mongol conquests. Uh, I wouldn't want to participate necessarily myself, but God damn, is that some page turning shit. Um, the QAnon Anonymous podcast, which I know they still make. I haven't listened to it in forever, so I don't know what they're up to these days. Uh, but that was a major source of enjoyment uh, for me in those days. And actually, I think they were one of the big inspirations for us starting the show just because like, they were totally you know, editorial independent. And we realized it's like, oh, these are just like dudes like... We should do this. And so we actually started this show shortly thereafter, kind of immediately pre and uh, post the uh, the pandemic. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, on that show and others, the massive PSYOP that is QAnon provided hours of fodder for dissociated skeptics like myself to stare <laughs> in wide-eyed horror slash amusement as people exposed a willingness to believe pretty much anything. Uh, mm-hmm. As long as it was counter to whatever prevailing narrative there was. Yeah. Generally speaking, a uh, rule of thumb, if Jack Posobiec and Mike Cernovich, and especially Roger Stone, are pumping something up right away, especially at time zero, you know that's the good shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is uh, It is that pure, unadulterated, fucking real crazy shit. Yeah, that Michael Flynn shit, you know? <laughs> so... Um, so through this, like, kind of crazy rabbit hole of shit like that, that I was... Not myself, like, spiraling down in the sense that I was believing any of it, but boy, we're, we're, and Evan too, were we lapping this shit up. I mean, we were getting such a kick out of this as observers, right? Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that I became increasingly aware of is that a lot of people drink piss. Like a lot, like a lot of people, like way more than I would have guessed prior. If you had said, hey man, how many people do you think drink piss? It's one of those weird, yeah. Well, it's I just like one of those weird. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those weird new age things that got like caught up, like with the butthole sunning. Yeah, got kind of like caught up with the caught up with the QAnon movement. It, it got absolutely caught up with the QAnon and the uh, the very unfortunate um, bleach drinkers and enema users. Yeah, yep, yep. The, the hmm. well, people do enemas with pee too, so don't you worry. Uh, <laughs> but the wild part I is, I was is wondering that... if there will be pee in buttholes. So. Yeah, t- totally. Ass, piss in the ass, piss coming from my ass. Uh, so the wild part is they think that it's healthy and that you should do it too. Um, and so obviously this is a modern freaky belief in the healing powers of urine, but like, there's got to be some basis for this, right? So I wanted to know what that is, and I'm assuming you want to know what it is too. And it turns out that people have been doing stuff with pee and calling it medicine for a really long time. So I'm going to briefly explain a little bit of that and just sort of talk about some of the areas that I have learned about in my odyssey discussing stuff that people does with pee. And, you know, I'm sorry if this comes across like I'm laughing at like your culture or like your traditional medicine, but... (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. It's really just the pee stuff, and and that's just how I'm wired. Apologies in advance. He's wired to piss. <laughs> Forced to flush. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, born to piss, but for, <laughs> forced to flush. <laughs> dude, born to piss, dude. Yeah, hell yeah, that's good. Yeah, you get get that on a guitar. Born to piss. <laughs> um. So it turns out that humans have a relationship with piss that extends essentially as far back as history itself. Yeah. So we've done all sorts of things with it, and it's served many applications. But one thing folks all over the world have done, basically as far back as we have records, is drink the stuff. Uh, And here's the thing. There's basically no modern research. Not even basically. There is no modern research that is accepted by the broader scientific community that suggests that it's beneficial in any way to drink pee. Like, there's nothing to suggest that it's good for you. Not even, like, a little bit. The most you're going to get out of anybody who's not a complete fucking crackpot is, like, yeah, okay, if you're pretty hydrated and healthy otherwise and you drink a little pee, it's, like, not going to hurt you. But that doesn't mean it's good for you, okay? And we'll get more into that later. But it's not good for you, you know? Yeah, because remember, folks, toxicity is not a characteristic of substance. But mm-hmm. dosage. So yes. if you take in something at a particular dosage, it's not harmful, but then you concentrate it. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. And pee, like I said, is mostly water. But even that, you can drink too much of that, you know. So what yeah. do people find so intoxicating about their own urethral nectar? One of the earliest recorded uh, pseudo-medical applications for urine was actually through a, pra- a, pra- ugh, a practice called uroscopy. Which just means looking at urine, the examination of urine, and this is where you start also to get perverts. some cross pollination. Oh yeah, it got it got freaky. So recorded yeah. as far back as the fourth millennium BCE, uh, and becoming widely <sighs> practiced by the fourth century BCE, early physicians long held the belief that basically any ailment could be determined by examining the color, consistency, and maybe the flavor. They didn't like to admit that they drank it, but I bet you there was some tasting going on yeah. of urine. Now we know for sure. That this is at least true in part, because certain ailments absolutely do impact your urine in, in easily observed ways. And we also know that with modern science, you can find out all sorts of shit from urine. But we're talking about, you know, most of human history here. So diabetes can famously make your urine appear syrupy. And in the 17th century, an English uroscopy enthusiast named Thomas Willis was the first guy to admit that he had tasted it and that it was fucking super sweet. Yeah. Right? Uh, porphyria. Like honey. <laughs> yeah, totally. You could put it up on some pancakes, as Tracy Morgan says. Put it, put it in some tea. So porphyria is a rare disorder which causes buildup of the hemoglobin-aiding compound porphyrin in the body that causes purple discoloration of the urine when exposed to sunlight. So famously, this is one theory regarding uh, yeah. the famous madness of King George III of England episode. Um, not an episode of the show, but this is a historical episode. Maybe it should be an episode of the show because it's an interesting story. Who, amidst various fits and seizures and bouts of insanity, was purported to piss blue for periods of time. Uh, But this could also have been attributed to his consumption of something called gentian violet, which is an artificial pigment that is used today mostly for dyeing and identifying um, uh, microorganisms under a microscope to make them easier to see. But he was taking it as a medicine for his madness. So that's also probably what turned his piss blue. Porphyria is also what makes you a vampire. Yeah, yeah. Right, uh, that's, that's what it's called in like oblivion, right? Isn't it porphyria? It's some the, some um, 
some derivative of that because yeah. porphyria is a real disease yeah i know but... um and it does cause sensitivity to sunlight and blistering in the sun so i think yeah. there there have been lots of media things where they've like linked yeah. the two but um so we all use a rudimentary form of uroscopy as a self-diagnostic for assessing our hydration levels now fyi just so you all know it doesn't have to be like totally clear nice pale yellow is fine Mm-hmm. You just don't want it to be too dark, and you really don't want it to have a strong smell. That just means that you're too dehydrated. Um, it's also good as a reminder that we've consumed asparagus, and also just as an aside here, asparagus contains a unique compound called asparagusic acid, literally named because it's only in asparagus that we know of. It metabolizes into sulfur uh, in the body and creates a stinky smell that only 40 to 50% of people can actually smell due to various genetic mutations. Yes. So, for example, most people polled in Scandinavia and Ireland were totally unaware that asparagus pee even has a smell because it's so... Oh, uh, I ate some asparagus a couple nights ago, and I was pissing strong. Oh, dude, I know. It's a stinky smell. But there's something (laughs) about it where you're just like, yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you know I'll what forget I'm talking that about. I ate asparagus the night before, and then I pissed the next morning. I'm like, yeah. oh, you could. Hey. Uh, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so Evan can see it here, but I, I've posted yeah. a, a medical chart starting with perfectly clear piss at the top. Yeah. All the way around to like black and gray piss. Up the <laughs> yeah, side. it's some fucked up. And shit it's just like a chart. It's an left. old medieval medical chart of like all the different things that you can tell based on the color of someone's urine. It looks um, like a. It looks like the speech thing from Oblivion. Since I don't know, we mentioned totally. Oblivion before. You know, the little yeah. speech mini game. Yeah. What else is like Oblivion? Um. Well, we did the Porphyria. <laughs> okay, so we did this. Yeah. Um. I'll, I'll let you know when we come to it. Yeah. Yeah. Welk- Welkin stones. What? There's Welkin stones. You know <laughs> when you go in an elven temple? Oh, it's been a long time since yeah. I played that game. Anyway, um, that's actually one of the first memories I have of hanging out with you when like, when it was just hanging you and me. Uh, yeah. When we did uh, either LSD or mushrooms and yeah. we went back to your apartment and you just booted up Oblivion and you were just walking around walking up to plants on the ground <laughs> yeah, and yeah. zooming in on them and then just turning so that it was like a <laughs> rotating and you were just 20 minutes and was just sitting there like yeah dude fuck yeah dude <laughs> fuck yeah dude <laughs> like just fuck totally yeah. totally having a totally time. zonked yeah oh my god yeah yeah absolutely nope. very crispy oh. in the brain for sure yeah but we're fine everything turned out fine yeah we're normal we're, so, we're just doing a podcast about piss. We're normal guys. Yeah, we're normal guys. Everything's fine yeah. over here. Uh, so illustrated medical charts like the one that I'm describing and that I showed to Evan, um, they purport to catalog and explain all these things. And they became pretty well disseminated and kind of ubiquitous, during the, the especially during the medieval period. Um, and for a period of time, particularly in medieval Europe, um, uroscopy became something of like a fad, um, particularly among the uh, less educated classes. Um it caught on that, you know, people were of the opinion that you could tell basically anything from urine. And so there was this sort of social epidemic of peasants uh, collecting their own urine and bringing it to, like, doctors who kind of pretty quickly realized, like, okay, look, there's not many things that we can actually do with this. But the people insisted that wasn't true. And there were lots of quacks. And these are sort of – the reason I'm talking so much about this, even though most of them aren't uh, talking about the fact that they drank pee, is that – 
these are the sort of precursors of like the kind of quacky people who take advantage of people now with pee related stuff mm -hmm. and will make all sorts of claims. So there were obviously people who were saying, oh, well, that doctor might not be able to tell from looking at your pee, but bring it over here. And, you know, for just one groschen, I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what's wrong with you. You know, dip a pinky. And, oh, yeah, you've got syphilis. So, <laughs> so there were bile. lots of quacks who were claiming to be able to diagnose based on urine. And so it became kind of a, a, a fad. But very quickly, doctors grew fed up with this. They didn't like sharing the limelight or the money with these charlatans. And so it really fell out of vogue um, and stopped being as much of a thing. And again, now we obviously are back to it. Everyone's peed in a cup a billion times in your life because there's actually a lot that we can test urine for, but nothing much that the naked like eye marijuana. Or, or the cocaine, or the well, methamphetamine, yes. LSD. Pregn pregnancy is more like the type of thing I was thinking of, you know. Well, it's a normal yeah. lot of stuff. Yeah, amphetamines. Um, yeah. But that being said, just because they weren't talking Heroin. about it, I know people were fucking drinking the pee. I know they were. <laughs> I know they were. Um, I tell you what, though, early humans were not just contemplating the piss. No, 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 no. They were becoming the piss. They were quaffing the piss. Greedily gulping it, and not just in Europe, but all over the place. Okay, because there are records of piss drinking from all over the globe. Some kind of sick piss sommeliers out there. <laughs> piss sommeliers. <laughs> so I mentioned uroscopy first because, um, well, it's still pretty quacky. It, it comes yeah. to close to having modern applications, um, but <clears throat> piss wasn't obviously just a diagnostic tool. Sometimes it was also the medicine, the cure, the elixir. So traditional medical practices dating back to early antiquity um, and as far abreast as, you know, ancient Egypt, ancient Greece and Rome, Mesoamerica, India, China, everywhere, basically, there are records <clears throat> of urine consumption being prescribed as a treatment for all sorts of various ailments. The urine could be your own. It could be someone else's. It could even yeah. be animal piss. Oh, depends I'm where you are. It depends who you're talking about. Yeah. Traditional meta, uh, medicine schools generally um, link ingestion, especially when you're dealing with medicines derived from organs or body parts or excretions. They tend to be linked to uh, ailments related to those areas of the body. So for, for many, uh, ingestion of urine was linked to ailments related to the sex organs. Um, so things like impotence or, or sex drive or whatever. Um, but also, you know, like if you were having trouble or having painful urination, things like that. Um, because it was a very one-to-one -one thought process. Like, hey, well, maybe, you know, if, if you have problems with your dick, maybe if you drink the stuff that comes out of a dick, um, it'll make your dick work better. It'll revitalize that penis. Yeah, exactly. It was a very, and in a lot of ways, it kind of makes sense. It's not very clever, but it, it kind of makes yeah. sense, you know. One of the best recorded examples of traditional ancient urine consumption that has mm -hmm. any kind of modern analog, because yep. it's still still a thing, uh, is through traditional Chinese medicine. So TCM, which is what I am abbreviating it as. I don't know if other people do that, but Turner I'm assuming they do. Movies. Turner Classic Movies, yeah. Uh, so traditional Chinese medicine is still widely practiced and accepted globally, um, especially in the Chinese diaspora. But I don't know about you. There, there are places... Near me, that are uh, there's a traditional Chinese medicine office right down the road from me. Oh, um, and while it has garnered international attention and criticism for encouraging consumptions of rare and often endangered animal parts in some extreme cases, um, that is hardly the entire picture. Uh, and it would be massively unfair to ignore all of the genuine medical breakthroughs uh, to which uh, we we are which are owed to traditional Chinese medicine. 
Um, because there there are lots of things that have been discovered through through TCM. So we're all familiar with practices like acupuncture and hot cupping, hot cupping which uh, millions of people sort of swear by across the planet. Um, but several herbal remedies have also displayed genuine efficacy in modern trials. So most recently, uh, a traditional Chinese remedy called Tongxin Luo, made of seven different herbs and the bodies of various crushed up insects and leeches, has proved effective in a double-blind placebo-controlled study at the University of Texas Southwest Medical Center as a treatment for stroke and angina patients to aid in their recovery and prevent future issues. Uh, also, I think, for uh, heart attack prevention or complications from heart attack. And this is li this is legit. I mean, this is this is a real thing. This made the news. No. Um, and I only bring that it's up to point out. It's a for your heart. Right. So I only I only bring this up to point out that we're not just like blindly criticizing traditional or holistic medicine on this show because some of it, you know, has absolutely had positive applications. But mm -hmm. the traditional Chinese elixir known as Chu Shi or autumn mineral, which is derived from urea crystals found in the aged urine of children, uh, it's reportedly uh, purported to be life-lengthening, health-boosting, and an aphrodisiac uh, when mixed with salt and then brewed into an elixir. Um, probably doesn't have any of those effects. That's this that PP juice. Um, what this it PP is PP juice is going to make you fuck like a bull. Oh yeah, absolutely. No. Uh, what it is is a fascinating look at the way in which ancient tribal rituals and practices have been systematically de-ritualized and transformed into a more structured medicinal practice uh, in various human societies. So the idea that, like, you know, at some point there was some ancient idea that consumption of urine uh, was beneficial for whatever reason, probably a, a, you know, some sort of shamanistic spiritual reason. And over time, with the development of society, those practices sort of lose that spiritual element and morph into something that becomes heavily systematized that we think of as medicine, because most of the ritual is taken out of it. Uh, but the consumption is still there, despite likely having no actual uh, physical benefit. Um, and so it, that's, I read a, a really interesting paper specifically relating to this topic that, um, that was just really fascinating. Uh, <clears throat> traditional Chinese medicine, medicine is a sort of fascinating focal point for this because it's the distilled result of thousands of years of herbal remedies, physical procedures, and spiritual practice. Um, and it's still practiced today. Whereas, for example, like much of ancient Roman medical innovation has been lost to history. We have some of it, but it's certainly not still being applied, you know, mm -hmm. um, at least not in any kind of unadulterated, unique form, whereas traditional Chinese medicine very much still is. Yep. Along those same lines, uh, Ayurvedic medicine, um, which is sort of a, a catch-all term that can encompass diet, exercise like yoga, meditative practice, and, and traditional medicine in the sense that we think of it, um, comes from India, and that uh, is also still widely in practice. And it's kind of, like I said, become kind of a catch-all term for s sort of what I would probably consider like holistic mumbo-jumbo. Um, but it is an ancient practice that um, is actually the main byway through which modern urine therapy practice has entered uh, the Western cultural sphere. So um, you'll see the term Ayurveda put on everything from like skincare products to vitamin supplements to recipes, basically anything you can think of. Um, but ultimately, it's tracing its origins to the Sushruta Samhita 
uh, or Sushruta's Compendium, which is purported to be a compilation of the divine teachings of the Hindu god Davantari, himself an avatar of Vishnu, through his own incarnation as the legendary king Divodasa. Is that confusing to you? It, was, it took me a minute to kind of figure that out. Yeah, Davantari, Vishnu, and Divodasa. Right, yeah. So there's like a, this concept in Hinduism that gods can have avatars who are sometimes mortals, sometimes other gods who are like representations <laughs> of that god, but in a more specific form. So whereas like Vishnu is this sort of large and overarching god, you know, one certain aspect of his divinity might be represented in this lesser uh, god who is just the god of Ayurveda. And then that god represented himself on earth as this mortal king, Devodasa, right? So it's this sort of distilling mm -hmm. down, sort of like when you drink your piss a bunch of times, how it gets distilled, you know? Yep. Um, so the teachings of this king were revealed to a group of mystics and physicians of whom Sushruta was one. So the classic Ayurvedic texts reference consumption of urine called uh, Shivambu, not urine, but the consumption of urine um, is called Shivambu, uh, from eight different animals, one of which was humans. Uh, and it's described as having various medical benefits from the treatment of migraines to indigestion to impotence. Now, I suffer from migraines, so I'm going to consider it. What other animals? Uh, cows are a big one, um, but I, I didn't, the article I read didn't list them all. It was more talking about the modern stuff. Fucking dog piss. <laughs> uh, it is also associated sometimes with the tantric practice of mudra, which can include semen retention. What's up, other... semen retention warriors? Yeah, what's up, dog? No Nut November. How's that going for you? I bet you're rubbing one out to this episode right now. Yeah. Uh, Me or the listeners? <laughs> well, I know you are. I have you on camera, buddy. Yeah. Um, which I know you sometimes forget, but uh, consumption of bodily Jacking fluids. My little dick right now, yep. And even, quote, cleaning of the bladder by auto-enemaing your urethra and putting liquid in there into your own bladder. Do not do this. Do not do this. Do not do this. Don't put anything up into your urethra. Even sounding is really unsafe. But if you're going to inject and push stuff into your fucking bladder, I, okay, anyway, it's a bad <laughs> idea. Just don't fucking do it. Heck. There has even been a legitimate amount of time and energy spent towards arguing that drinking your own piss can cure cancer. And all of this is traced back to the millennia-old practice of Ayurvedic medicine. Mm -hmm. The modern global resurgence of belief in Ayurveda has obviously included the consumption of urine for many people. Not everybody. Not everybody mm -hmm. that you hear talking about Ayurveda is a piss drinker, okay? There are lots of legitimate benefits to certain areas of Ayurvedic practice. Mm -hmm. Um there are legitimate benefits to yoga. There are legitimate benefits to acupuncture. There are legitimate benefits to a lot of this stuff. No. Don't drink your own pee. Don't. The 1971 book, Don't The Water of Life, which I have linked in full for you, Evan, if you decide to, le to read it, uh, by John W. Armstrong, uh, which is one of the leading pieces behind the modern urine consumption movement, draws heavily on the Ayurvedic texts and is one of the main channels through which that practice has become so prevalent in modern times. You guys can also, if you mm -hmm. look that up, The Water of Life by John W. Armstrong, you can find it in PDF form like very readily online. Uh, I skimmed mm -hmm. through it. I would not recommend uh, reading the whole book, but whatever. Do what you got to do. <laughs> Dinner's on fire while she watches TV And if you ever wondered what it's like to be me She takes all my money and leaves me no smokes Yells at my buddies and insults my folks I'm breaking my back doing 
jump forward in time and talk a little bit about modern piss drinkers now that we have a bit of backstory on the origins so welcome dear listeners to planet piss it's 2023 yeah planet piss planet piss i got some legal questions about my side band you know planet piss do you think you can wait i mean we're in the middle of a meeting here Uh, what are you meeting about lamps I get it. I get it. Don't worry about murder if I say it doesn't matter. Now, I don't have a problem. Just, just look right past right, me. I'm invisible. All right. All right. What do you want? I just want to talk about the future of Planet Piss, you know? So I don't wake up someday with Planet Piss being fronted by some other asshole. Okay. Then I'm, okay. you know, that's my, that's my right. band. Register the name, okay? I'll get back to this. Yeah, yeah I, I know that stuff. No, I mean, have you registered the name Planet Piss? Yeah. You have? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I will. Okay, then. Uh, okay. All right. Now, if you don't mind, I'm talking. Hey, don't blow me off! I got stuff to say! Alright, what do you got? Uh, it's 2023, and while we can perhaps forgive our ancient forebears for trying all kinds of funky shit, sort of just because, uh, we have to break it down and discuss the fact that today, with every advance we've made in the medical sciences, and despite millennia of trial and error on a global scale, we still got motherfuckers out here that want to eat the yellow snow. So what's the deal? Mm-hmm. Okay, I've mentioned that for most modern practitioners, whether they realize it or not, the genealogy of their urine consumption can be traced back to Ayurvedic practices. I mentioned the book The Water of Life by John W. Armstrong, which was released in 1971 as a major source of information for those folks. 
I'm sure by now that you are mostly all aware of the explosion in popularity of Eastern esoteric thought in the Western world uh, in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. It was utterly pervasive, heavily popularized in music, film, art, literature. Um, Siddhartha by Herman Hesse, George Harrison learning the sitar with Ravi Shankar, uh, the popularity of religious movements like the Hare Krishna movement, uh, the enduring popularity of various gurus and mystics, the practice of yoga, everything like this exploded in the West during this time as colonial uh, societies really leaned into and embraced an interest in the cultural and religious practices of the Indian subcontinent. And a lot of that stuff, a lot of the lessons that we learned uh, through that study, which, you know, you can have all sorts of discussions about the way that we came about that knowledge, the way it's exploited, the way it's represented, lots of problematic aspects to it. But lots of beneficial things have come out of um, the exploration of, of mm. the ancient knowledge of the Indian subcontinent. Um <clears throat> And so, you know, again, this isn't a hit piece on all that shit or even Ayurvedic or Ayurveda as a whole. Like any alternative medical school, it's a huge subject. So you guys just do your own research and, and, and read about, you know, whatever you wanted about Ayurveda. But I'm here, here to, to talk, take down big piss. I'm talking about the piss, man. And John W. Armstrong literally wrote the book on drinking it uh, and why it was so great. It's called The Water of Life, man. Mm-hmm. So these days, the practice of consuming and using urine for any perceived benefit is usually and most commonly called urine therapy. Uh, and you should be in therapy if you believe any of this. You yep. like that? Uh, it's also called urotherapy, urinotherapy. Um, I think I wrote auto urine therapy. Uh, auto urine therapy. They still call it shivambu, which is that old Vedic term. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, also, I've been shit. in the Shivambu hard lately. <laughs> uh, so many, many folks will tell you that drinking and your own piss models. or your kid's piss or your dog's oh, piss. Fuck. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The kid piss is a whole thing. Or any piss will do all sorts of miraculous things, and that big pharma doesn't want you to know about it. So they hide the truth of this miracle substance. But here's the thing. Piss is free. We all make piss every single day of our lives. And there's huh. literally nobody stopping you from trying it. Don't I'm try leaking it. right now. <laughs> what I'm saying is that if it worked as some sort of cure-all, I think we would know because it's incredibly, incredibly readily available. I mean, it's one of the few things that every single person on this planet has some degree of access to. And so I think if it was just like a miracle drug that was fixing everything, we'd have known about it. It's been a Real long time. Heads, Pe no. People have been drinking piss forever, okay? Real and all these heads, problems no. still exist. All right. But that doesn't stop modern freaks from claiming that despite thousands of years of urine not curing cancer or aiding in hormone reabsorption, whatever the fuck that is, it actually does do these things. Modern, quote, researchers like Colin van der Kuhn, which is a wild name, uh, from the aptly named EurotherapyResearch.com, claim that urine can cure your depression, act as a natural antibacterial and viricide, Alarm bells, okay? They're going to tell you you can cure COVID. And help your body reabsorb important nutrients and hormones lost in the natural process of urination. But here's the thing. As I mentioned in that Britannica article, the body is fairly efficient. The vast majority of what is expelled in urine is waste material. And when I say vast, I mean 99.999%. That is, at best, unnecessary stuff. And at worst, stuff that it would be actively harmful if consumed. But Cam, you ask, what about Bear Grylls? He drinks his pee and he's fine. I rest my case. 
<laughs> okay, yes. There has long been a debate as to whether consumption of your own urine in a desperate survival scenario where the choice is between death by severe dehydration and consumption of your own urine is Ooh, actually total. advisable. Yes. Healthy, hydrated urine is approximately 95% water. And yes, we do need water to survive. In fact, we can't live for much more than approximately three days without it. However, it's that 5% that isn't water that's troublesome. A lot of it's sodium. There's potassium, chloride, urea, creatinine, and approximately 3,000 other less prevalent compounds, which are all included in that 5%. And so to varying extents, these can all be harmful if knocked back straight up no chaser. And the main thing to consider here is that this is the makeup of normal, hydrated, first-pressing, extra-virgin-type piss, okay? Um. Every successive uh, uh, reprocessing of the urine concentrates these compounds significantly. So, and can cause... you just chugged a bunch of water. Like, oh, my God, I got piss. And you yeah. pissed? You're well-hydrated? Pretty... That's as good as piss is ever going to be for you. And, and it's still not good And now if you drink that and piss it, it's going to be a little bit yellower. You know what's better than that? you drink that, that and water. piss it, a little bit yellower. Yeah. You drink that again, and you piss that again, that's going to be fucking yellow. Yeah, it's getting pretty getting pretty crazy. Um, <clears throat> starting to look fucked, boys. And the problem is all these all these little compounds in there that are making up that non-water component, uh, they can cause your kidneys to become massively overworked as they attempt to reprocess these things, and they can fail. And again, that's all if you're well hydrated. So if you're out in the wilderness with no water, odds are you didn't just drink your pee right away, and you're already substantially dehydrated. Unless you're will only be made right worse. Right. It's is only <laughs> going to be made worse by the high sodium content in the urine because there's a lot of salt and pee, and it's going to just dehydrate you without any of that other stuff or the kidney or whatever. It's going to dehydrate you just drinking it because it's so salty. So, yeah, even though you can drink some urine, especially if you're already hydrated, you really ought not to do so. Even if you've heard stories, people have done it. People have survived. It's not a good idea, okay? But here's the thing. Urine therapy practitioners actually encourage this process. They call it looping, meaning they just drink the urine over and over again and reprocess and reconcentrate it. And they think that it's good and whatever benefits you get from it are just happening over and over and over again. Meanwhile, they're just giving themselves fucking kidney failure. And all the people that do this shit, if you look them up, if you go on YouTube and you look up urine therapy, the people that you see, they all look fucking diseased. They're not doing well. I don't care what they tell you about how they feel. They're not looking good. Okay? They're just sitting there chugging their piss, and they're like, man, water cucks are just giving this shit away. <laughs> <laughs> so drinking pee is, at best, not super bad for you if you're hydrated and it's fresh from the faucet. And so mostly bacteria-free. But some folks take it a step further, and they believe that aging their urine somehow, like, I don't know, concentrates the disease-fighting goodness of it. It's like a fine wine. Right, like a fine wine. Oh, and they talk about it like wine. It's fucking odd. The flavor yeah. development, the whatever, they, the mouthfeel, they all talk about how silky it is. Like, they're fucking odd. And so this is the part that really gets me, because one of the main arguments for the safety of urine consumption is that when it comes out of your body, it is supposedly sterile. And while it should be mostly bacteria-free, That all comes from the Dodgeball movie. Well, I'm sure for a lot of people it actually does. But no, no, no. Urine is mostly bacteria-free because your kidneys are good at what they do, right? Because most of us yeah. are not reintroducing the harmful components back into them. Yeah. Uh, so at the time of pissing, as soon as it comes into contact with air, though, it starts to change. And it becomes even less safe. And again, if you have any sort of kidney infection, which you're likely to if you drink piss, uh, then the safety of that piss, ironically, decreases. 
So folks online claim to consume urine that's stored for a month, two months, three months. I showed Evan a video where a guy said he had six-month-old urine that he was drinking. Okay? And there's no way that shit's clean. I don't care where you kept it. That shit you wouldn't was drink anything that was six months old. You shouldn't fucking fill a cup with water and drink it after six months. No. Okay? It's going to grow bacteria. Yeah. No, nothing is safe after six months. Don't fucking drink it. Okay? And okay. if it is safe after six months, it's probably because it will, it's like, a, you know, like 70% alcohol or something is sure. probably not good to drink anyway. 100%. So, like, yeah, acid, like concentrated acid, probably not going to grow any bacteria in six months. Yeah, don't drink, drink it. that. And there's acid don't in your pee. Um, well, concentrate. <laughs> they also will take this aged urine and rub it onto their face and their bodies, claiming yeah, anti-aging and moisturizing properties. They think that it cle- that cures acne. It's good for your hair. Um, they swish it in their mouth. They think it's good for their fucking teeth and their gums, and it whitens their teeth. Look, at this point, you just smell like piss, okay? And a lot of the arguments from aged urine therapy enthusiasts <clears> have <throat> to do with the accumulation of sediment, the changing of color and the taste. And then that's pretty much it. They're just like, see, yeah, you can tell it's getting good because of how brown it is or because of how much sediment there is. And it's like, well, okay, why is although, that good? You know, although you can buy stuff for like cracked like heels and stuff where the active ingredient is urea. You look and buy it. It's like a cream. Hmm. Hey, so maybe there is some benefit to it. But you can just buy it. It's it's like not piss. Yeah, you don't. You're right. You could just buy that in a yeah, bottle. It's, it's, it's like five bucks. But no, it's not to, piss either. You, don't, you ain't piss. just pissing on your heel. <laughs> Um, So the thing is that these people, they all have dirty, smelly piss jugs in their house full of brown, stinky, cloudy piss. Okay? And Evan saw the video of the guy with his collection of piss jugs. There's a wide variety, and he goes into great detail about how proud he is of the variety of it. He's like, well, you can tell this one was really high quality because I was fasting during this period and I was actually looping so it's got that nutty brown quality because it was I was drinking nothing but piss during this fast and so that's why it's really concentrated and this is really good he said just a couple drops of this and you can wash your countertops uh, you can <laughs> so whatever you think you can do putting it directly into your open eyes check giving yourself enemas with it check washing your hands check cleaning your house check Shooting it back into your own bladder through your urethra yeah. and pissing it back out again. Unbelievably. Check. Check. Anything that you think you can do with your piss, they're doing it. Okay? Using it to J off. Probably. Check. Probably. Splashing around in your own piss. So sometimes they think that it's best if it's your kid's piss or a kid's piss. So they collect and drink children's urine or the urine of other Straight people's children. Right? And this opens up a whole new can of worms about consent and child welfare that I'm not even really sure how to broach at this point because my brain is as smooth as a water balloon. Sometimes it's best if it's stored in the dark. Sometimes it's best Mm. if it's left in the sun. Sometimes it's warm. Sometimes it's chilled. People freeze it and use it that way. Seriously. The ways and the varieties of which people will use and get their daily dose of piss is insane and varied. And honestly, after writing this many pages and reading and seeing this much shit about it, I'm not even sure I'm any closer to understanding why people actually do it. Which leads me to what I think my ultimate conclusion is here. I think folks just like it. I think they just do it because they like it. It's my piss, and I want it now. Exactly. Exactly. You've put it beautifully. So I don't want to lose the plot completely here, but basically, in summary, what we've learned is that people love piss. They love it. Their behavior, to me, appears largely (laughs) fetishistic. What? I'm just picturing somebody like... (laughs) 
taking a piss in the toilet and then doing the like Bilbo Baggins reaching for the ring. Yeah. My face like ah! <laughs> <laughs> at their own piss. Their behavior to me <laughs> appears to be largely fetishistic. But rather than acknowledging that component and just admitting that they like to drink pee, they rub it on them smells themselves and them smells. <laughs> they rub it on them smells. They rub it on themselves. Uh, uh, yeah. They smell like it. They let it turn musty and greenish brown in jars in their house. And they have to create this entire pseudoscience around it and attempt to convince others that actually no, it's all of you who are wrong for not drinking the piss and you rubbing it in your eyes and giving yourself cucks, fucking dude. piss enemas with it and why should we do this folks because people have always done it and what does it do everything i don't know nothing i don't fucking know what it does all i know is that it appears to be spreading like wildfire the sheer amount of amateur information online is absolutely staggering i am so brain dead from looking at this shit on youtube and watching these mm -hmm. pallid unhealthy, vacuous-looking wraith people explain to me with genuine glee that they've never felt better. And if I no. just start drinking the yellow gloop too, I could be normal and healthy and not at all mentally ill like them. And I think, if anything, it is just an interesting microcosm of the times we live in. We have access to so much, and the tendency to be skeptical of established authority is so high, but is combined with this need for structure and this willingness to embrace a belief system, something, anything to make us feel normal and whole and healthy in the face of environmental and societal collapse, that will resort to anything. Things that sound insane, like butthole sunning, or injecting cleaning products, or yeah, even drinking a jar of your own smelly old piss that we've kept moldering in the bathroom sink for six weeks. And I think that's sad. And I think it's scary. I think it's darkly funny. And it's disgusting. It's profoundly fucked up. So what did I learn from studying the piss drinkers? I learned that I need to go outside more. Okay, I need to talk to my you friends and my family. That butthole. <laughs> when I'm feeling lonely or dissociated, I need to mm. build actual real-world networks of mutual aid and support. I need to engage with my life and not retreat from it. And while skepticism is often healthy, not every conspiracy or alternative theory is worth your time or your genuine investment. They may be interesting, but not every interesting thing should be taken seriously or applied to your own applied to your own life. Fuck no, that. actually, fuck that. What did I really learn? I learned that if I want to look 10 years long younger, run faster, jump higher, last longer in bed, blast thicker ropes, have clearer skin, take firmer shits, have healthier gums and better breath, regrow my hair, lose my belly fat, get sounder and more restful sleep, dream more vividly, cure my depression and anxiety, stay more alert, more focused, feel more connected to the world around me, commune with the eternal and wise spirits of my ancestors, all while ridding myself of all current and future disease and living mm. until I'm 120 blessed years old. There is mm. only one miracle solution to achieve all of that, and it is hot, it is yellow, and it stinks like piss. Uh, smell that? So that's my episode today, folks. I hope that you enjoyed it. What did you think, Evan? Did you learn a lot about pee? Well, I, I know we've mentioned it before, too. The, that, like, young guy who's, like, really into the raw meat diet. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. And, like, when you look at videos of him when he was just meeting, even just at that point, eating all meat, but at least cooking it. Yeah. Compared to now when he's only eating raw meat. And it's just like, damn, his skin's a fucked up color. Yeah. Like, he used to be, like, an attractive, like, young man, and now he's just straight up got jaundice skin. Yeah, it's like, not good. None of this stuff is good. It's like, dude, his skin's, like, bright yellow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Don't do no. it. Don't do it, folks. 
don't drink the piss, don't eat the raw meat. Don't drink the piss, don't eat the meat. Unless it's like beef tartare, but even then, that should be like once a year. You don't want to eat beef tartare a lot. I mean, I eat beef tartare pretty frequently, but like it's... You know, How frequently? How frequently? Yeah. Uh, once a month. Well, that's fine. Once a month. Yeah. Fine. Every day, that would be a little weird. Well, yeah. Where am I going to get beef tartare every day? Kitchen. Yeah. Kitchen. I work at I work at a restaurant where they have it. But, um, no, I probably don't even eat it that. that I mean, often. it's like that was a few, few times some, a year. Some people are, are like it's more an old thing in Wisconsin. The cannibal sandwich. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. an open face sandwich with, with like raw onions and hamburger. Raw meat. onions, raw ground beef. They call it cannibal sandwich. It's like eating in the winter. It's fucked, yeah. fucked up, man. Yeah. That's just fucked up. Yeah. Up, yeah, that's not what steak tartare is. That's fucked up. Eating ground meat like that, especially machine ground meat, raw. Yeah. Where it's like had the oxygen introduced throughout it and everything. It's no. not. It's not. That's not good. Although, you know what? Honestly, speaking of raw foods, I just watched the movie The French Connection the other day. Yeah, it's a great movie. And, yeah, it is. But there's a Popeye scene Bill. at the beginning. Uh, yeah, Papa Do. Yeah. And, uh, but there's a scene at the beginning where this like dirty Frenchman just like reaches into water and just like grabs an oyster and just like immediately starts eating it. And I didn't know that you didn't have to go through any sort of like or like you know like freezing process you know what i mean before you oysters, ate it are, oysters are alive when you eat them yeah damn did you not know that uh well do, do, you know you kill them right before you serve them you're supposed to kill them right before you, you serve don't them. kill them you open them up yeah. and they are alive when you eat them damn, that's that's, that's the originally up. why you put lemon on your oysters yeah it tastes yeah. good but you also can see their muscles contract when the acid hits that's them. fucked up um yeah i mean oysters don't have a central nervous system so yeah or any nervous system yeah so they of of all the animals that I feel like you can justify eating, they're they're at the highest order. But yeah. some people, I mean, you should still it. depurate them before you eat them, so it's still pretty yeah. gross. You, to just you grab put them right in, out of the water. You put them in saline solution and let them. Well, yeah, you just put them in tanks for like forty eight hours and yeah, keep refreshing the water. So uh, you depurate clean, them, clean salt water, and they will they will clean and get all out. their. Because that's the thing about oysters, get all their piss out of the shell as well. They're, 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 they're miraculous. They um. Uh, they they clean the water around them. That's how uh, largely how Boston Harbor was cleaned up. Yeah. In the last twenty years, they farmed oysters out there, and you shouldn't eat those oysters. But yeah, they clean. Those are fucked up they oysters. clean everything out of the water. They're pretty miraculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. The the guy just reached down, grabs one, and has like an oyster shucking knife in his yeah. pocket, and just and just eating it. Yeah, while I mean he's that's drug deals. That's what you can do. Yeah, I never knew that. Yeah. No parasites or nothing though. Well. Oysters are, are, I think, pretty pretty parasite-free. Well, they have to be, otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. But that's also why you get them. That's why, like, specific regions are really famous for their oysters, because you get mm-hmm. them from areas where the water's clean and they get enough current yeah. and whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of places with oysters that you that you wouldn't want to eat them. Like Boston Harbor. Like Boston Harbor. But or just the, south if of there. If there are any in the Akushnet River, I wouldn't eat those. Yeah, no. <laughs> but down near, like, Cape Cod, you know, Duxbury, Wellfleet. Yeah. Wall fleets are good. Up in Maine, Damariscotta. Very yeah. nice. Them wall um, is... is there anything else you wanted to add? Um, to this episode, no. However, we've got some Patreon subscribers to thank. I know. I yeah, we do. Yeah. So, uh, so um, you know, uh, as we're early now and we've got you know few enough Patreon subscribers, we like to thank them by name if you subscribe so for everybody that this is the first of the last couple episodes you've listened to we've recently started a patreon uh right now it's just donation only i think like once we get to about 50 subscribers we'll do start doing some uh content for those for those listeners uh, some uh patreon only content 
or at the very least maybe time lock them something like that we can figure mm. that out um but um <clears throat> but you know for right now this is uh you know this is a labor of love for us um you know we spend a lot of time doing this some of these episodes you know take 10 15 20 hours to make um <clears throat> you know both cam and i have spent probably thousand plus hours on this oh, podcast. i mean even even this episode took hours yeah. and hours and hours and this is just no. about people that drink pee yeah yeah, yeah, and exactly. it was I, man. I could, I I cut so many corners to make this yeah. a one hour episode. I could yeah. have gone so much deeper into how weird this fucking thing is. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So you know, this is like a labor of love, but um, you know, we do spend a lot of time doing it, and uh, it's pretty expensive to live right now, especially here in Massachusetts. So you know, um, we we've taken to doing some you know odd stuff on the side to make money too, and we'd really rather do this. Um, so if we can make some money doing this, that would be great. And then also just kind of uh, re reinvest it into the podcast. Um, but you know things like hosting fees, books—that's really what we're looking for. But uh, we'd like to thank our—we've uh, got a few more Patreon subscribers. And uh, so we'll we'll just read your first name when you sign up. Um, well, you know we're not trying to dox anybody. Um, or if you don't want us to thank you at all or anything like that, you can send us a message on Patreon. Uh, but so we'd like to thank our Patreon subscribers, Joe, Carl, Jimbo, John, Alex, Jeremy, and Pear. So thanks to all of you. We appreciate that. Hell yeah. We do appreciate it. And thank you mm-hmm. guys. And I hope that to celebrate you, pour yourself a nice frothy glass of piss. Dog piss. <laughs> your dog's piss. Yep. Just get under there next time. And put put there. it in your open eyes. You know, whatever you got to do. Put in your butthole. Put in your pee hole. Pee out your dog's pee. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of this, like, I mean, it's, like, obviously fake, but hysterical story that I read on Reddit many years ago of this, like, male stripper who had, like, a signature trick. It, this was, like, supposed to be, like, a hospital worker uh, who talked about it and um, saying that, like, there was this one guy who came in with UTIs all the time, and he was a male stripper, and he did a lot of, like, bachelorette parties, and his trick... His like famous trick, he would empty his bladder and like kind of like not drink for a while, and then use a, a uh, fucking what's the uh, what's the fucking thing called the catheter, and fill a bag with red wine. Oh, <laughs> and check the out. red wine into his bladder, and then he'd be dancing, oh. and then just piss red wine all over everybody. It's obviously bullshit, but fucking instead, like whoever came up with that, you're a fucking sick. I mean, you can do it. You can do that. Yeah, it's doable. It's very unhealthy. You got to pee it out right away. Yeah. If you left your bladder full of like unadulterated red red wine, wine, (laughs) fucking Franzia, not not good, dude. Franzia rosé, dude. Fucking that shit would burn coming out. Yeah, man, burn (laughs) going in. (laughs) Anyway. Love of the game, doing that. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, thank you guys. Uh, thank you again to all the Patreon subscribers, and we really yep. appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening. Um, yep. Don't drink your pee. I can't say it enough. Eat and uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with another episode of Left Unread, whatever that is. But we will, we'll, we'll be back. We'll with be it. back. Your boys will be back. <laughs> all right. Bye. <laughs> See you. this job in a piss factory inspecting the pipe. 40 hours, $36 a week, but it's a paycheck, Jack. 
It's so hot in here, hot like Sahara. You can faint from the heat, but these bitches are just too lame to understand. Too goddamn grateful to get this job, to know they're getting screwed up the ass. All these women that got no teeth and gum or cranium, and the way they suck hot sausage with me, well, I wasn't saying too much neither. I was more a schoolgirl, hard-working asshole. I figured I was speedo motorcycle, I had to earn my dough, I had to earn my dough. But no, you gotta, you gotta relate, right? You gotta find the rhythm within. The floor boss slides up to me and he says, hey, sister, you're just moving too fast. You're screwing up the quota. You're doing your piecework too fast. Now you get off your Mustang, Sally. You ain't going nowhere. You ain't going nowhere. I lay back. I get my nerve up. I take a swig of Romalar and I walk up to hot shit dot hook and I say, hey, hey sister, it don't matter whether I do labor fast or slow, there's always more labor after. She's real Catholic, see? She fingers her cross and she says, there's one reason, there's one reason, you do it my way or I push your face in. We need you in the job if you don't get off your Mustang, Sally, if you don't shape it up, baby, shake it up, baby. Every afternoon 